Hey there, and welcome to Living Through It, a podcast for interesting times. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin, a recovering lawyer, world-renowned leadership expert, and lifelong progressive activist and organizer. Reminder that if you want to listen to this podcast ad-free, you can head on over to patreon.com slash living through it. That's patreon.com slash living through it. You can get access to our entire back catalog ad-free there, and also we have some special bonuses for our most favored listeners. Thanks so much for being here. And now here's this week's episode. So many of you know that issues of balance and self-care are key to our success as activists and leaders. However, we're living through it. Maintaining our wellness matters. That's one reason why I've added a new supplement to my routine recently that's made a big difference in helping me to maintain my physical well-being. Bella Grace is a collagen elixir that I've been using for several months now as a part of my workout recovery and wellness routine. With dozens of scientific studies backing up its effectiveness, I've found that it helps to keep my joints in top condition whether I'm lifting or doing yoga or riding my bike. And bonus, it's a delicious Mediterranean orange flavor, it comes in portable daily packets that you can take on the go, and I've noticed that it's also helping to keep my skin and hair in prime condition way more than other collagen products that I've tried. Now you can get a 10% discount off a one-time order of a 30-day supply of Bella Grace by going to ecm.bellagraceglobal.com. That's ecm.bellagraceglobal.com. And you'll get an even bigger discount if you subscribe for monthly deliveries. Bella Grace is a key part of my wellness routine, and you can now make it a part of yours too. Hey there, everyone, and happy new year. It's 2023, and this is our first Living Through It episode of the year. I am actually very excited about this year. I think 2023 holds a lot of potential, and that's one of the reasons why we decided here that we would open the year with an episode that is just for me. We've had so many great guests on the podcast so far folks like Joaquin Castro and Malcolm Kenyatta and Sarah Kenzior and Ellie Mistal, and most significantly, I think, in our first set of interviews was Anand Giridardis talking about his book, The Persuaders. That brings me to a few themes that I just want to put on the table for all of our listeners for 2023, because in this episode, one of the things that I really want to do is set the stage for what's possible for all of us in this coming year. So the first thing that I want to talk about just from the standpoint of 2023 is the issue of engagement. One of the things that we saw as 2022 closed out was the implosion of Twitter as a social media site. And one of the things that that meant was that for a lot of us, and particularly those of us who really use Twitter as a primary source of engagement during the pandemic, we found that as we left Twitter or our potential engagement with Twitter diminished, suddenly we were recalibrating our worldview. I've discussed this elsewhere and I've had a lot of conversations in recent weeks with friends and colleagues about how much we were unaware of the ways in which the algorithm of Twitter and the engagement with outrage 
had impacted our view of what was possible. And I personally have found that since I left Twitter entirely, and I began to disengage shortly after the midterms, but really left it entirely at the end of November, I have been much more hopeful and optimistic about the state of the world. And I found myself engaging in very different ways with my activism, my work, and my engagement in community. So the first theme that I want to put on the table for 2023 is the issue of engagement. And this goes along with the concept of persuasion, which Anand talked about so brilliantly in our interview on the podcast back in October. We need to think through how our engagement with one another, how our bridge building with one another across common aims can be shifted in a direction that is productive and hopeful and pushes the needle toward the things that we all know we need. So what do I mean when I say that? Well, one of the things that Anand talked about in our interview were some comments by Loretta Ross, the great activist Loretta Ross, in his book. And I have found myself coming back to her comments over and over and over again over the last few months. She talks about the fact that we do not need to be in 100% agreement with folks that we know in order for us to collaborate on common aims. In fact, we don't even need to be in 50% agreement with folks to build bridges with them to push the needle forward and to fight back against the rise of fascism. So one of the things that I want everyone who listens here to consider is how you're going to engage in 2023. Because if we can engage from a position of persuasion that nonetheless does not cede ground, and again, I'd really encourage you if you have not listened to the interview with Anand on the podcast to go back and really tune into it, listen to it more than once, because he's very clear on this issue. It's about holding tight to the progressive values that we care about not ceding to centrist aims that might enable fascism, but at the same time working very hard to persuade others in ways that identify our shared values and our shared needs as members of society. The things that we care about, like the safety of our children and uh, having health care and having housing security and having the educational needs of our children met. All of these issues are very common themes, and if we can find a way to engage with one another in productive ways that do not cede the values that we care about so deeply, we have a real opportunity this year to change the playing field of America. Again, this is a reason why I am so hopeful, and one of the things that I have found in leaving Twitter that informs all of this is that it is possible to have rich and deep and smart conversations with people about whom you don't agree on everything. And without the need to kind of cut someone off at the knees, we have the capacity to be persuasive, to engage in ways that are constructive, that still seek to push the agenda that we care so much about forward in the public domain. So I want you to think about engagement as the first theme of the year. I want you to think about how you are going to engage where you live and on social media and in the communities you care about on the issues that matter most to you and how you're going to seek to do that in ways that are productive. Again, the conversations that we had on the podcast 
throughout our uh, our fall on issues like learning to do deep canvassing, on issues of engaging for the long term and not losing sight of the end. Now, I have a sticker right in front of me here where I record in my house that says, keep your eyes on the prize. And that is about making sure that we are aiming for the higher ideals of our society and our democracy, and that we keep working for the long-term goal of achieving those aims through our engagement and our persuasion. So that's theme number one for 2023. The second theme I wanted to put on the table here, which is something that I think is so critical every year when we talk about what our goals and our aims are for a year, is the, is the issue of inclusion. And again, I feel like there has been such an awakening in this country generally, uh, particularly since the George Floyd uprising, around issues of inclusion generally. And as always, whenever we see a conscious coming together around issues of race or gender or um, or immigration or issues of trans equity or LGBTQ plus issues, there is always inevitably a backlash. And we are seeing this right now from the far right in the context of anti-woke language and book banning and anti-trans legislation and issues around which we really continue to need to be arm in arm with one another across every identity and movement. So I want you to think very clearly in the ways in which you choose to engage in 2023 about the issue of inclusion. Is what you are doing in your work and in your activism, should you choose to engage in it, in your community building, inclusive? And if you look around you and what you see instead is a sea of white faces or only straight faces or only cis faces, how are you going to work to increase inclusion in the work that you do day in and day out? Because one of the things that I will just tell you also from a leadership standpoint, and of course, um, many of you know that uh, my day job involves leadership consulting and work in addition to all the political consulting that we do at the Gaia Leadership Project. One of the things that I think is really key right now from a leadership standpoint, and I mean that whether you are in a corporate job, whether you are uh, in a leadership position in your community or in an organization that you participate in is that your leadership is only as good as your inclusion. And the more diversity of faces and opinions that we have at the decision-making tables in our world, the more equitable the outcomes will be. So please make conscious choices about what your inclusion looks like in the work that you do in the world and for yourself and in your own life in 2023. Okay. Um, third theme for the year that I want to just put on the table from the standpoint of, uh, again, a reflection on engagement, a reflection on how we choose to participate in the world is the issue of kindness. And, you know, I, I have struggled with this myself because I lack a certain degree of, uh, of patience, which <laughs> by the way, put a pin in that I'm coming back to it. Um, in the way in which I engage with people who clearly haven't gotten uh, to the place of being quite as aware, uh, especially in light of where we've been over the last five or six years in this country, um, on issues of things like racial justice, on issues of things like trans rights. Um, I tend to be 
quick to judge. And I tend to move in the direction, and I have moved historically in the direction, speaking of the outrage algorithm of Twitter, in the direction of just um, lacking a willingness, again, to engage in ways that are more productive and instead to be um, to be unkind. And this is something that, again, has caused me a lot of reflection in the denouement of Twitter, because I do think that our higher values, even in the form of civil disobedience, even in the form of uh, our our obvious outrage at the far right rising in this country and at fascist efforts to divide and harm and exclude, um, there is a a a prospect of kindness as a value right now that I think offers an enormous opportunity in the ways in which we seek to create change in this country. Um, One of the things that is so key about the deep canvassing strategies that I referenced earlier is that when we seek to understand the challenges that individuals are facing in this country, we have an opportunity to engage in those challenges from a place of kindness. And kindness can be a force for persuasion for more positive engagement. Indeed, the strategies around deep canvassing urge us to find empathy and compassion in the ways in which we discuss challenging issues with one another. And compassion and empathy are keys to a better humanity. So I want to urge people not necessarily, and I have to be really clear about this, to take on the emotional labor of educating one another. Because one of the other things that Loretta Ross discusses in Anand Giridharadas' book is the fact that the work of emotional labor is not for everyone, right? Only certain people with certain bandwidths Uh, are called to do the work of educating others about things like racial justice, about things like, uh, like gender justice. Um, but, but if you choose to engage in that arena, if you choose to engage in conversations even with your neighbors about the deep and profound need for justice on issues that you care about, let's approach those with kindness. And that doesn't mean kindness without boundaries. Um, One of the other things that I've been thinking about so much in the entry to 2023 is how we set and establish healthy boundaries, how we make sure that even in the work that we do every day that seeks to create engagement, we do not uh, ignore the need for boundaries, that we set boundaries that prevent abuse that we set boundaries in our own lives and in our work that preserve our well-being and our mental health. But to engage with a degree of kindness, with effective boundaries, that allows for compassion and empathy, that kind of engagement, engagement in the broad definition of kindness that I am setting out here today, is something that I think creates fertile ground for change. We do not win by assailing one another with our viewpoints. And indeed, I think we've tried that method an awful lot over the last few years. I think education and informing people and engaging in deep canvassing strategies for the long haul that are grounded in kindness and compassion and an effort to understand without excusing things like white supremacy or misogyny, again, with healthy boundaries, 
engaging with kindness and compassion and understanding that these discussions are complex, that the efforts that we are engaging in to seek change are complex. This broad definition of engagement with kindness, I think, creates huge opportunity in 2023. So that was a very long explanation of what I mean when I say kindness. But that, again, is a third theme for 2023 that I would like to see us all consider. Okay. Fourth theme, which may seem a little bit uh, out there, (laughs) perhaps, or not. I mean, it's actually very consistent with some of the things that I've been talking about today is the theme of reinvention. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I have sought to do over the last few years um, is to really take periods of time away from the news cycle where I engage with my imagination about what is possible and then start thinking very carefully about what I can do to create change toward big, broad goals. Okay. So um, the great intuitive philosopher, multifaceted teacher, Dana Lynn Knuckles, defines the concept of, um, of revolution as the place in which we engage in our collective imagination about what is possible. And I'm paraphrasing the way she talks about it, but this has been a huge lesson to me over 2022 and even into 2021 about where we find the space for change. And if you go back, by the way, to the interview I did with Anat Shankar Osorio in the podcast, on the podcast in the fall, one of the things that you will find is that she talks about how one of the things that we as Democrats and we as progressives have to commit to is um, in some sense selling the great prospect of the future of what we could be without ever having seen it. And again, this is a challenge for us because the far right is selling a fictional version of the past that is rooted in concepts of white supremacy and patriarchy and extractive capitalism. And again, it's a it's a Pollyannish version of the past that goes back to a time that is deeply rooted in structures of white power and misogyny. We, on the other hand, are in the uh, perhaps not so envious position of having to sell a future that we have never seen. But it is one of the reasons why the concept uh, uh, that Dana talks about in the context of revolution and liberation, liberation as a place of creative imagining of what's possible for us collectively, um, it's one of the reasons why it is so critical that we engage in big picture thinking about our own reinvention. Reinvention is such a big theme for us here at the Gaia Leadership Project, by the way, that we are doing a whole program on it (laughs) starting in early February. And again, you know, if you're interested in learning more about this, I do encourage you to go get on our mailing list at the Gaia Leadership Project. You can do that at GaiaLeadershipProject.com. We're doing a whole program on reinvention around life and leadership starting in early February. We're going to be announcing more about that just next week. So please get on our mailing list to learn more about that. But the topic of reinvention as a theme for 2023 provides us with a landscape for this liberatory collective imagining. So 
I want to invite you as we walk into 2023 to consider what real reinvention looks like. Is real reinvention about reinventing what true democracy means? Is reinvention about reinventing what a caring society and culture provides? And and as you engage in this, from a large-scale societal, cultural, political perspective, I want you to also remind yourself that we have moved so far, even in my lifetime, on issues that we care about, simply by imagining what is possible and then working toward that aim. The issue of marriage equality, I keep coming back to because when I was in law school in 1994, 1995, 1996, marriage equality was considered to be Pollyanna-ish, not possible. Whole books were written about whether or not even legally it could ever be achieved. And here we are, a scant 25 years later, with a a bill, albeit an imperfect bill, but a, a law nonetheless, that has now passed the House and the Senate and has been signed by President Biden that guarantees that if you are married in a state where gay marriage is legal, your marriage has to be respected anywhere else in the country. 25 years ago, this was unimaginable. Or perhaps, just to return to our theme of reinvention, it was imaginable but not considered very possible. That is an example of how quickly things can change if we engage in the the ideal visualization of our own reinvention. So I do want you to spend some time in these early weeks of 2023 thinking about what reinvention means to you. And I'd encourage you to do this not just on a political level, not just on a societal level, but also for yourself. Because one of the things that I think has happened over the last little while, as we have been so narrowly engaged in, again, outrage, the algorithm, the idea that what is happening is just disaster and there's no way back from it and that we're all in a tunnel of despair, is that we have denied ourselves our own capacity for reinvention. We have denied ourselves and thereby our offering to the world, our service in our own communities, the use of our own voices even in really large, profound, and important ways because we, we, we have denied ourselves the capacity of our own reinvention. We've denied ourselves even the imagination of our own reinvention. So as you enter this year, think about your own reinvention and what reinvention would look like for you, no matter where you are in your life. What does reinvention mean societally, culturally, politically, and for you as an individual? Okay, and our final theme because I wanted to give you five things to think about as we enter 2023, is the theme of building. Um, I should share a little bit of a story here. I was at a retreat um, not all that long ago in October where um, someone shared a story um, in their own life. And I don't want to go into details here because it's personal, but I want to share just a little bit of what I learned from this about the ways in which 
the society that we want to build and the structures that we that we seek to build in the context of engagement and inclusion and kindness and reinvention um, is about staying committed to the aim of building a better society for all of us brick by brick. And the story that was shared with me was about someone who was building something that they knew they had been called to build. And they were surrounded by people who were constant naysayers who said, this isn't a good idea, or this is something that is destined to fail, or how could you possibly expect to build something this big and this significant? Who are you to do it? And the outcome of this story that was shared with me at this retreat was that in the long run, this person just continued to build one more brick in the aim of the vision that they saw, and then one more brick in the aim of the vision that they saw. And they continued to do this over time, just consistently building toward the vision of what they wanted for themselves. And yes, this was something of a professional story, a career-based story, but it was also a story that in some sense was really spiritual. It was about knowing the aim for the outcome of what you believe in can be built if you just do it brick by brick. And in the long run, lo and behold, over the course of several years, it became very clear to this person who was sharing the story that they had done the right thing and that indeed the success that they had sought under the definition that they ascribed to it, which was not about like mass financial success or, you know, achieving some traditional marker um, of professional winning. Um, indeed, it was more about building a life and building a, uh, a form of leadership that had called to them forever. And staying true to what they knew was the right choice. So the reason why I wanted to end on this theme of building is that we are all on a path now together collectively. And I think this is true for everyone in this audience and certainly for everyone in my audience, which over the last seven years has spanned hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions. When we engage in these collective efforts to change society and culture toward inclusion, toward a true understanding of liberation and freedom. That work has to be done consistently over time, brick by brick, notwithstanding what the far right might say, what rising fascists might say, what naysayers might say, notwithstanding the people in our own community who have been manipulated and used by the far-right agenda into falling down rabbit holes and spouting nonsense and engaging in cult-like behavior. Our obligation toward the collective of humanity is to continue to do the work to continue to do the work of moving our society forward brick by brick toward freedom, toward liberation, toward true democracy. 
So as I wind down this podcast of just me, I want to encourage you to build brick by brick toward that vision, to do it in collective with one another, to do it in ways that are about honorable and true and progressive engagement, to do it from a perspective of kindness, to do it with inclusion in all that you do, to have a broad vision of reinvention, and then to seek to build it step by step until we get there. This is the first Living Through It podcast of 2023. And I just want to say I'm so grateful that you're here. Hey there, it's ECM. Many of you may not know that my day job is running the Gaia Leadership Project, a leadership consulting firm that's been around since 2011. One of the things that we do at the Gaia Leadership Project is we help people build lives and leadership in alignment with their values. And I got to tell you, a lot has changed over the last three years in the realm of leadership. One of the things that has happened is that we're done with these stuffy old ways of running things. And with so many more of us remote due to the pandemic and so many more of us awakened to how we can make a difference in the world, 2023 really presents a wide open framework for how we rewrite success and how we build true and effective leadership, whether that's at work, in our own lives, or out in the world. One of the things that this means is that we've decided here at the Gaia Leadership Project that we're going to run a brand new program starting in February of 2023 called Reinvention, Life and Leadership. We're going to spend six weeks diving deep into how new models of leadership in light of the pandemic and in light of so much societal upheaval and change create an opportunity for us to really build great new lives and work. I hope you'll consider joining us. If you're interested in being a part of this novel new program, which is really going to invite you to rise to the highest possibility in your own life and leadership, please get on our newsletter mailing list at GaiaLeadershipProject.com. That's GaiaLeadershipProject.com. I hope to see you on the inside of this dynamic new program. Thanks for listening to Living Through It with ECM, a podcast for interesting times. If you want to know more about me, Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin, head on over to GaiaLeadershipProject.com, where you can check out all our in-person and virtual leadership programs for folks who want to create change at work, at home, and in the world. You can also read my essays on politics, law, and change at newsletterwithecm.substack.com. And last, but definitely not least, you can listen to all our episodes of Living Through It ad-free over on Patreon at patreon.com slash living through it. That's patreon.com slash living through it. Thanks for listening and see you next week.